welcome to the IR Weekly Podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Kelly. And on this episode, we'll be speaking with Illinois Realtors legislative attorney, Matt Rentschler. Matt is a native of Rochester, Illinois, and is a legislative attorney for Illinois Realtors. Matt graduated with his bachelor's degree from Loyola University in Chicago and earned his law degree from the Southern Illinois University School of Law. Before joining Illinois Realtors in 2020, Matt was a chief legal counsel for the Illinois State Police, advising the agency on numerous pieces of high-profile legislation. Prior to that, he worked as in-house corporate counsel for a retail company with more than 100 stores in the U.S. Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, thank, good to be here. It's my first time down in the podcast studio. <laughs> it's pretty nice, right? It is. <laughs> well, we, of course, are very grateful to have you here because there is uh, quite a bit of stuff to talk about when it comes to this eviction moratorium. Okay, so all right, there was, there was quite a bit of confusion in the last few weeks when this latest extension was floated by the Pritzker administration. So just give us, once again, this kind of 50,000 foot view. What is the current status right now of the eviction moratorium in Illinois? So currently, as of actually last Friday, um, Governor Pritzker extended his moratorium until October 3rd. And the October 3rd date was kind of a key part of the, the executive order that he filed on Friday because he extended everything else until October 16th. He extended his moratorium language until October 3rd. So Hopefully that tells us something, that it's headed towards an end, um, but um, he obviously could always change his mind at October 2nd if he wanted to. Uh, but essentially what that moratorium does is um, you can file a case um, by court process, whatever the court process is, and that's a whole other angle to this. Um, you can get an order, if you can get, but if you can get an order, you can't enforce that order against a what the order considers a covered person. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so you know what you said you mentioned there that some go some of these things go to October 16th, some go to October 3rd. Was part of that sort of some of this confusion that was happening with the federal eviction moratorium that's been so emblazoned in the news over the last couple of months? Yeah, I think a lot of the confusion stems exactly from that. Um there there two separate moratoriums existing at the same time. Um and from the state purpose from Illinois' perspective, you rewind the clock back to May, um, Governor Pritzker had indicated that his moratorium on the state level was going to expire in full by the end of August. Um, So you had the CDC moratorium over the summer, you had the CDC moratorium and the state moratorium kind of coexisting along this timeline. Um, Fast forward to August, the CDC moratorium was supposed to expire at the end of July. Um, They in some controversial move, they extended it again to go through October 3rd. Um, That was immediately contested in court. It went up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said the CDC on the federal level did not have authority to issue this final extension. So at that point, the federal moratorium was no longer in existence, or it was in existence but not enforceable. And that was about the third, about a month ago, about a third third week of August. But you still had the state moratorium still existing on a separate branch, so to speak, and still um, being enforced. The governor, mid when his previous executive order, previous to this last one, was supposed to expire, he extended it until September eighteenth. Um, And he did so, even though he had said in May that his moratorium was going to expire at the end of August, he did so 
he extended it to mid-September, saying that he wanted to match it to the federal timeline. Well, shortly after that, I believe it was shortly after that, the Supreme Court threw out the CDC moratorium. But the governor decided to still continue with this timeline, matching what the federal moratorium was going to be through October 3rd. So that's why you have this weird, somewhat weird date of October 3rd as the current end of the uh, state moratorium. Absolutely. It's kind of like to nerd out for a moment. It's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Like there's different things going on different timelines here. And sometimes they match up, sometimes they don't, right? (laughs) Can I say, I I never watched those movies, but I did watch one of the first ones for the first time over the weekend. There you go. (laughs) We're going to turn this into an MCU (laughs) podcast too. Uh, Kelly, I think you have our next question. Okay. So given the latest news and the current landscape, how does it affect housing providers throughout Illinois? So as of right now, the status of what a housing provider can do if they have a tenant who has not paid rent um, and that they otherwise would have a right to evict, they can file a case, but against if, a, if their tenant is considered a covered person, they cannot enforce any order that they would receive from that case. So in conjunction with the state executive order that says you can file a case but you can't enforce an eviction order, The Illinois Supreme Court, um, since the first week of August, has issued their own rules that say if a case has been filed, if the person is considered a covered person under the executive order, that case is stayed, meaning the case can't proceed um, unless it meets certain exemptions. And in the latest rules that they issued, I believe two weeks ago, they put in some exemptions to that rule where a case could proceed if mainly if a tenant has not um, cooperated with um, an application for relief funds or if they have been denied their application for relief funds, then the case can proceed. If the person is not considered a covered person, then theoretically the case can proceed and they can get an order and enforce that order if the county sheriff agrees to enforce that order. And that kind of gets into another branch of this, a lot of branches to this. Um, where beyond the Illinois Supreme Court rules, beyond the governor's rules, you also have local ordinances and rules. And especially in Cook County and Chicago, um, there's an ordinance in place that says once the state moratorium expires, there are additional procedures that will still be in effect for 60 days following that. So it's important to keep in mind for housing providers that you want to, you and your attorney, that you're filing this case with, you want to make sure that you're in compliance with not only what the state says, what the the courts say, but what your local um, county says and what your local courts say. Absolutely. Well, then again, see, we're talking about branches. We're Marvel Cinematic Universe again, guys. Um, uh, So now we're in this new extension of this moratorium to October 3rd. Um, I know this is fool's game to try to predict anything happening in this world today, but what exactly do you expect anything to happen moving forward when it comes to this moratorium? Because now that the Supreme Court has clarified their position on the federal um, moratorium. (sighs) (laughs) That's the reaction I was looking for. (laughs) Throughout all this, whenever you try to make a prediction, you make those predictions based on the assumption that everything is going to stay as it is right now. And with this, with COVID and with this, um, with everything, it's it's not really predictable. It could change from week to week, month to month, day to day. Um, 
that's that's the tough part. So if everything stays exactly as it is, you know, the trend starts, it's sort of going down in terms of um, rates and hospitalizations and all that. If everything stays on that track, um, I would expect the moratorium to be allowed to expire the first weekend of October. And I say that because of the difference in the dates, um, you know, is executive order he issued Friday, everything else was extended through October 16th. The moratorium language was extended through October 3rd. If he wanted to, he could have extended that through October 16th. He didn't do that. So that seems to say that he intends to let it expire at the first weekend of October. But like I said earlier, that may change, and he may extend it again if he wants to. Okay, so before we wrap this up, um, can we talk about the relief funds, IDA, or any programs for housing providers out there? Yeah, so as you know, the, the, these moratoriums, both on the federal level and the state level, have gone on at this point for close to a year and a half. So we're in a position where this moratorium, both on the state and federal level, has existed now for close to a year and a half, maybe a little longer than by the time they expire. And during that time, housing providers that have tenants who haven't been able to pay their rent, either due to COVID-19 or other reasons, um, have been in a position where they've had to absorb those costs, whether it be mortgages um, or even just simple upkeep of the property um, and property taxes and other things, and where they haven't been haven't received any any funds for that to be able to pay it. So I think at minimum at the federal level and on the state level, they've recognized that landlords or housing providers are owed this money. And so they've issued these multiple grant, multiple types. They've issued, so let me back up. So in recognition of that, um, both on the federal and state level, they have put in place these grant programs to f- try to funnel as much relief money to housing providers as possible. Um, basically, for the last year, they've slowly been trickling um, their way towards um, housing providers, and that money in, in different avenues still exists right now that um, housing providers, if especially if they have tenants that are considered eligible uh, covered persons, can apply for. Um, there's the money through IDA, and there's also money that was recently announced. If you have an, a pending eviction case, money that's going through the court program, I believe it was $60 million um, that would be available um, to try to resolve um, money owed from covered persons to housing providers. And in addition to the relief money, um, the Supreme Court also has issued this allowance to local circuits to institute um, what's called alternative dispute resolution programs uh, for pending eviction cases. And that's in anticipation of a, uh, I don't want to call it a wave, but a backlog of eviction cases that have built up over 18 months. You know, you have your, you know, in the normal year, there are I don't know, I don't want to put a number on them, but many eviction cases filed in the last year and a half. You've had the normal number plus an amount, maybe a little higher than that, uh, because of COVID and people who haven't been able to pay their rent due to COVID. So uh, the in response to that, the court put in place a mediation allowance for that local circuit courts could institute. And I think a handful have instituted it so far through their own local rules. Um, and what that is is, <coughs> excuse me, Mediation um, is basically a negotiation, so it's court ordered or allowed formal negotiation, where you sometimes get in the same room, sometimes you're in separate rooms, and the mediator mediates between the two parties and tries to come to an agreement, a settlement agreement. 
Uh, if, if that agreement isn't reached, the landlord or housing provider still has the ability to proceed with their case. But the Supreme Court has put in a allowance where circuit courts can require this mediation process to try to deal with this backlog of eviction cases. So it's important to, whether if you're, hopefully you're not filing your case by yourself, um, if you have an attorney that they um, make sure that they know the rules of where that case was filed and what steps they have to do to proceed with that case. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Matt. Um, I think we learned a lot to help our members navigate the future of this moratorium. I'm learning something every day. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, that's it for IR Weekly. Thank you for listening. As always, give us a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want any more content, simply search Illinois Realtors on your social media app of choice. We'll see you next week. Mm